Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Up next, Luna Talks with Anna Paulina Luna, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. We all know that there's an ongoing crisis at the southern border, but what exactly is happening down there, and how concerned should the American people be? Today, I get all the answers from someone who really knows, a veteran of the U.S. Border Patrol who's seen it all. This is Luna Talks with Anna Paulina. Welcome back to this Sunday's episode of Luna Talks with me, your host, Anna Paulina Luna. We know over the last couple of days, it's been very evident that the shift is now not only focusing back at the border, but at the hypocrisy that's really come out of the White House and the leftist mainstream media in regards to COVID-19 and illegal immigration. So you have, especially out of McAllen, Texas, many people have been sending and leaking footage of thousands of illegals that are coming here and claiming that they have asylum status. We know that a majority of those people actually do not meet asylum status or the ability to claim it because they are attempting to come here illegally. We also know that many of these ports of entries for people to come here the legal way are actually closed right now due to COVID-19. And while you have this mass push from the White House and from states like New York and California to essentially lock down the economy for a second time because of these different variants of COVID-19, We are also seeing at the same time the White House say nothing and these states saying nothing about the fact that through the southern border, we have people that are coming here in massive, massive numbers that are testing positive for COVID-19 and then being released into American society. So you actually had at Bill Fox LA, he's a reporter for a local Fox channel, I think in Texas. And he just posted recently, he said, the city of McAllen, Texas, says the federal government has released over 7,000 COVID-positive migrants into their city since February, including over 1,500 new infected migrants in just the last week alone. A local state of disaster in McAllen has been declared. So this is happening in our border towns. This is happening in an area that is increasingly going Republican and voting red because of the fact that they do not want this massive illegal immigration. It's important to note, and this is something that you should all be sharing with anyone who will listen, that there is nothing humanitarian about an open border. This is something that I have been studying extensively for the last three years. I've been down to the border three times. I have dealt with countless counter-trafficking organizations, and I can tell you that those people that are coming here, a majority of them coming here under false ideology that they can have access to the American dream. Meanwhile, the DNC is pushing the massive welfare state with a lot of these illegals. First of all, they're not even paying into the system. And secondly, 
There is nothing about the welfare state that exists that is what the American dream is, okay? It causes, and if you look at stats from what happened with the black community after the expansion of the welfare state in the 60s and 70s, you saw actually an increase in incarceration rate. You saw an increase in the amount of high school dropouts. And that's because they're literally encouraging the removal of fathers from the home. And you have to have a strong nuclear family to have a strong foundation and really through for your children to actually be able to assimilate better in society. And I think that it is absolutely wrong that no one talks about this because of the fact that they are in fear that the Democrats or that their friends or family members will call them quote unquote racist. So I wanted to bring on someone pretty special. Several years back, I was actually working with Turning Point USA. Uh, For those who might not know what Turning Point is, Turning Point is actually an organization that travels from college to college. They have thousands of chapters across the country, and they basically talk about the conservative ideology on these college campuses. And obviously, our education system is something that we should all be focusing on right now because that is what the backbone of our country is, what our kids are learning in the school system. Anyways, I was able to come across a gentleman by the name of Art Del Cueto. I had actually been setting up the Young Latino Leadership Summit for Turning Point USA. And Art was someone that I was able to reach out to, really humble guy, but he spent the last decade working on the border as the vice president of the Border Patrol Union. And Art's ability to be able to actually give an honest perspective and someone who's obviously worked during multiple administrations at the border. He has worked under the Obama administration at the border, both terms. He had worked under President Trump, and he's now working at the border under President Biden. But he's been able to see the effects that good policies have versus bad policies. And I think that that's important because right now you have this ideological warfare that's taking place. You have the Biden administration, especially that, in my opinion, is using COVID-19 as a means of locking down the country again. We saw that Governor Ron DeSantis led the country in response to COVID-19 during the initial 2020 cycle of that. And we're seeing that the Biden administration has now attacked DeSantis because, in their opinion, he is standing in their way. And I'm really glad that DeSantis actually took the opportunity to hit back because right now what the American people need, what conservatives need and what Republicans need is strong leadership. And we have that strong leadership with President Trump. But President Trump was canceled by social media. He is so threatening to them that they took his ability to communicate with the American people. If you're not, I think that he'll be starting an app soon. But the point is, is that DeSantis was able to actually blast Biden and called him out in regards to the hypocrisy that they have with this open border, the hypocrisy that they are allowing COVID positive illegals into the country. And yet they're trying to lock down the American people. They're trying to force these second lockdowns, these forced vaccinations, this proof. I mean, they're literally asking people for papers. If you don't have their papers, you cannot engage in society. Listen to what DeSantis had to say about Biden's hypocrisy. Joe Biden is taken to himself to try to single out Florida um, over COVID. Uh, this is a guy who ran for president saying he was going to, quote, shut down the virus. And what has he done? He's imported more virus from around the world by having a wide open southern border. You have hundreds of thousands of people pouring across every month. And it's not just from Mexico. In fact, it's rarely from Mexico. You have over 100 different countries where people are pouring through. Not only are they letting them through, They're then farming them out all across our communities across this country, putting them on planes, putting them on buses. Do you think they're being uh, worried about COVID for that? Of course not. 
So he's facilitating. Who knows what new variants are out there? But I can tell you, whatever variants are around the world, they're coming across that southern border. And so he's not shutting down the virus. He's helping to facilitate it in our country. And what is his big solution? What is he so upset about Florida? His solution is he wants to have the government force kindergartners to wear masks in school. He doesn't believe the parents should have a say in that. He thinks that should be a decision for the government. Well, I can tell you in Florida, the parents are going to be the ones in charge of that decision. And one of the major uh, medical people in his administration just recently told parents that they should be wearing masks at home when they're around their own children. This is insane. So why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. Thank you. Is that not true? Is that not how most of America feels right now? I mean, the fact is, is that if you share information about this online, if you even talk about the wanting for border security, people will call you a racist. You'll be censored online. And if you talk to your friends and family about it, especially those that do literally drink the Kool-Aid of the mainstream media, it's at the point where you could put the truth right in front of them. And people have become so programmed in trusting some of these news outlets that we know are propaganda that they'll then start to argue with you. It is our opportunity to wake these people up. And that's exactly why I brought Art on today, because I, if you guys have one person in your life, whether it is a coworker, whether it is a family member, whether it is your spouse that doesn't agree with you on this border security topic, I want you to grab them right now. And I want you to sit down with them and listen to this next part of the episode. We're going to be right back after this short break with Art Del Cueto amazing guy. Met him early on. He's going to tell you what's really happening at the border. He's going to fill you in on what's happening in McAllen. And he's going to tell you about a solution that exists that if we could get those elected that actually want to do their jobs and fix what's happening at the border, that we can actually fix this problem. We'll be right back after this short break. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Thank you so much for joining my show, Arts. We appreciate you coming on today. If you can, real quick, just share a little bit with the viewers about how you got started in Border Patrol. So I was I was born out here in, in the Southwest. I was born in Mexico, but I grew up in the Southwest border. Uh, I've been here my whole life. So I grew up, I was born here. I grew up here. I've always worked here. I, I still live here, you know, to this day. And it was just something I was always in, involved in and wanted to get involved with is law enforcement. Uh, now, I did start off uh, working for a maximum security prison uh, in the state of Arizona. So, and then now I've been here for 18 years with Border Patrol. So all in all, it's well over 20 years of law enforcement experience, but all on the southwest border. And so it's it's kind of funny that you ask because, you know, I hear a lot of people, they'll, they'll come down here for like a day or two and then they'll leave and they're experts. And, and you know, they get called <laughs> on a lot of, of, of areas and they start talking about it. 
And, and there's people that are just, they'll come down here and they'll check the box. Uh, similar as uh, Vice President Harris just did, you know, recently she went down to El Paso. She said she showed up. I, I guess she checked in on her Facebook. So all of a sudden she was an expert. <laughs> And, and, you know, because you were down here and, and you've seen how bad it is, you know, you were a lot of people don't know that perhaps, but you were down here and you were in with me in the, in a vehicle. We were out in an area that is notorious for drug smuggling, notorious for people smuggling. And, and it happens to be still to this day, the number one area in the entire country when it comes to gotaways. Uh, those are the individuals that enter the United States and they just don't get caught. They and, disappear. And you saw they disappear. And you saw firsthand, you know, or, or how, how difficult it is sometimes and how many times just the people that work or live near the border are quick to uh, assist and condone, you know, the human smuggling, the drug smuggling more than they are to assist any type of law enforcement. So it's, it's a difficult task out here. I mean, it's interesting because I feel like there's this two-part thing that you face, right? Like, obviously, you're, you're a Border Patrol agent. And for the last four years under President Trump, we really saw that Border Patrol was attacked. And they almost, like, actually try to stereotype what Border Patrol was. They don't talk about the fact that Border Patrol actually has a really high percentage of women and Hispanics at that. They're actually living within those border town communities that choose to engage within the law enforcement community because that is their home. And they realize that these communities are impacted negatively by the illegal immigration. Um, and then you have this aspect of, I mean, you're down there, you're obviously a subject matter expert. I see you all over Fox News. I saw you at the White House briefings when President Trump had them in regards to what was happening with illegal immigration. But for someone that has your platform, and especially as a Hispanic man, I mean, do you think that, and I, because I do, but do you think that the Democrats are intentionally skewing the information about what's truly happening at the border in an effort to sway elections. No, they are. And you know what, what the other point is, to be honest, is they, they try to use the race card when it's convenient to them for them to use the race card. I mean, I know you've seen it. I've seen it so many times. I speak in a lot of events uh, in, in throughout the country. And uh, like the, the Republican Party always calls me, hey, can you come speak at our event? You know, <laughs> we've done Turning Point together. We've, we've been at Turning Point where we speak about the issues. And it, it's they want the Hispanic out there issue, except when there's a Hispanic that did his research and realizes that, yeah. hey, that's not the way it is. Uh, so I get it from both ends sometimes. And I hear, you know, that I've, I've had it so many times. I've, I've spoken in events where I've had a lot of protesters. They call me a sellout. Um, you know, there's just any word they can think of. I think I did an event out here with a, a friend of mine and they were calling me uh, Uncle Juan. <laughs> like an Uncle Tom, but an Uncle Juan. Yeah, so that's the new Uncle Juan. And and I know sometimes we we fall into that ourselves, Oana, because look, there was an article that was published recently, and they said that just the Border Patrol alone, uh, it would only promote individuals that were male and pale, right? So it, it kind of like so wrong, right? So they want to divide the group and conquer it, uh, but at the same time, I, when I see that, I'm thinking well, why don't you promote individuals who have earned that promotion, who actually know what they're doing and they can reach the level of understanding uh, that they can run the agency. But we fall into that same aspect ourselves as Hispanics sometimes, because there's even individuals and I, I would be the first to say it in my own agency that are willing to take that promotion just so they can help out the system and say, oh, well, I'm Hispanic. I'll take the promotion that way to help you out. And, and that's, I think, where the issue is that uh, you come from a military background. Yeah. So, you know, 
when when you have individuals in the military that get promoted, they go through certain steps and, you know, they, they get some knowledge, they get some teaching, they send them. So they, unfortunately, sometimes in, in, in the federal government, when it comes to law enforcement agencies, it's whoever rode the right coattails. Yeah. Right? But then you coming from a military aspect are going to run into someone in my agency that's a leader and you're, or at least in a leadership position. And you're going to think because they have something on their collar, they probably have that knowledge or somebody gave them that extra step to be able to know that. And it's completely different here than it is in the military. I can tell you that too often there's individuals that get promoted that uh, they rode the right coattail or coattails or they knew who to speak to. They had a buddy and, and they moved them up. And, and it's unfortunate sometimes, but sometimes it, it doesn't matter what, what race you are. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, look, uh, yeah, I'm Hispanic, but I would be embarrassed if somebody gave me a position of any kind, job, whatever it may be, based on extra preference points because I'm Hispanic. Yeah, and- it's um like especially too right now where they're really pushing critical race theory and you know they don't want to actually promote people based on qualifications. They want to promote them based on if they are a woman, if depending on like what box they can check on their applications. And that's wrong, right? And like people like you that have this opinion, they almost try to marginalize you and say, oh, you're actually racist if you believe that when in actuality, you just don't agree with them essentially dividing our country. And really of all things, Border Patrol, especially because you guys deal with so much stuff like you really do. And I don't think a lot of people realize, I mean, it's not an easy job. Some of the stuff that you guys come across, I mean, would you be comfortable sharing maybe one of like the more scarier incidences you've had or what you've come across just from working the border? You know, just as a whole, some of the issues that that are encountered down there on is it's different than a police officer in a city where if he gets in trouble, he's able to relay to dispatch or to another officer, hey, I'm on the corner of 5th and 6th or whatever it may be, right? Here, you're dealing with GPS coordinates. Uh, you got to punch in the GPS coordinates to find out where the person is calling. Some of them, as you know, are not directly accurate uh, uh, pinpoints. And I mean, when it hits the fan, for lack (laughs) of a better term, when it hits the fan, the last thing you're doing is trying to figure out your GPS coordinates. So the whole that whole thing is, is is scary as a whole. You know, I've been down on the on the border for for so long that you know I've been rocked at, I've been shot at. Uh, you know, I've been you know try, people have tried to run me over. Uh, you've you've been in an area where you're by yourself in the middle of the night and you see people that are actually smuggling drugs and they have weapons and they're all around you and you can't even whisper in your radio because you're afraid they're, they're going to hear you and they're going to turn fire on you. So just the whole thing is, is everything's been, you know, different and a roller coaster. And it's funny that you asked the question though, because, you know, I don't think of it. It's just, it's either. It's I'm, just I'm, like, I'm it is what it is. Dumb. Yeah. yeah. Well, either you're number dumb is what I always say. I mean, <laughs> number dumb situation because I don't realize how bad it is until I talk to other people about it. And then they'll look at me and they'll give me this look and say, all right, that's not normal. Like that is not a good position to be in. And it it just struck me about a year ago. I had a a friend of mine that was involved in a shooting and, you know, I get out of the vehicle. I'm trying to help him pinpoint where the group is at. I hear the shots fired. And then I hear on the radio, Hey, shots fired. My immediate instinct was to start running towards where the bullets were coming from to make sure that my friend was okay. 
And when I talk to people after that, when you go through debriefings and you talk about it, they'll explain it. They're like, that's not normal. Like you're supposed to run away from bullets, not run towards the bullets. But I mean, it's every day is a different thing. And and right now it's more difficult because I was, I would say it appears, but no, it is true. We have an administration that just does not back us up in any way, shape or form, not just border patrol agents, but law enforcement as a whole. Um, they, there, it seems that there were so many media outlets that were trying to figure out, hey, do we call it a crisis? Do we not call it a crisis? Look, let's not be hung up on what we're going to call it. And it's let's an realize issue. that there's an issue and it's very chaotic right now. There's agents that are being pulled from the line because they have to deal with the processing aspect. So there's more cap, more gaps on their border. And that's allowing more drugs to come in more sex trafficking to occur, more human smuggling to occur, and obviously the gotaways, which are a humongous issue. And when you look at the numbers of people that have been apprehended, and you look at the numbers of the gotaways, and obviously we can get into the gotaways, but that number is low. It's a guesstimate. You're probably going to look at, if you, if you add those numbers, it, it appears that by the end of this current administration, you're going to have 7 million more illegal individuals in this country. Oh my gosh. Even just hearing that, I know the last estimate, I forget which university it was the Ivy league that did it, but they said the actual estimate of the amount of people that are here illegally, um, that are, mind you, not just Mexicans. Okay. When you use the term, illegal, right. I mean, you can say that there's literally people from Africa. There are people from the middle East. We've actually, and you can attest to this, but they've actually caught people that are on the terrorist watch list, trying to enter the country through the Southern border. But you talk about that and you're like, okay, so how does this, I mean, not to mention there's a humanitarian aspect. Right. Because these people, the gotaways that end up that we can't trace that are just kind of in society, they don't have access to our education system. They're not paying into our system. A lot of them can be criminals, but then they are targeted for organized crime. I mean, it's just a complete mess that it causes. Um, You know, you know, all of this stuff. And one story that you told me in particular that's always stuck with me and actually really did give me the motivation, I think, to talk more on this topic was a story that you had told me about a group that you came across. And I want you to share that story with the listeners right after this short break, because I think it's going to be important for them to really share and pass on in regards to why we should not allow illegal immigration. So we'll be right back with that story after this quick break. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. All right, Art. So you had told me a story in regards to, uh, it was a group that you came across where men, women, and children were all separated. Will you share that story with the listeners? No, no, definitely. Um, and yeah, you, you have a fantastic memory. That was We've known each other for several years now, and you remember that story. Um, <laughs> I could not forget it. Honestly, once you told it to me, it gave me chills. It, it is. It's, and it, it just shows the realization of what we're dealing with on a, on a day in, day out. Right now, you're seeing the big issue of the unaccompanied juveniles, and, it, and it's been constant. Uh, you know, during the Obama era, you know, it's when they had the cages, and and that's who built the cages. That's who it was. You know, we got to yeah. be honest about. It. But even prior to that, very early in my career, I do remember that we uh, we apprehended a group of, of females. It was nothing but females, 
and uh, they were in a vehicle. They got transported to the detention facility. They were processed and they were going to get sent out of that detention facility and put, you know, sent back to, to their country. At that point, they were, they were, were uh, of Mexican uh, nationality. And when we were doing that, I remember I was assisting, I opened the door and I was assisting them out of the holding cell to get on the bus and head back south. And one of the ladies just stopped. She grabs onto my arm and, and she says, I, I can't leave. And I said, look, like you were processed. You're going to go back to Mexico. Uh, you know, that's, there's, there's nothing I can do about it at this point. And she says, well, where's my kids? And I kind of stopped and I said, well, I didn't know you were, and we have kids there in the, in the holding cell. So I was like, okay, well, hold on. You know, wh what kids, how many kids did you have? What are their names? And she said, no, all of us, all of our children. And keep in mind, it was a group of nothing but women. And I said, what do you mean your children? You were apprehended in a vehicle by yourselves. And she says, no, um, they separated us. There was a vehicle that was crossing behind us or in front of us. I don't know when she said, but all our children were in that vehicle. Um, I, I mean, I called the supervisor. We looked at it and there was really at that point, you have to get a hold of the consulate office and everything. But they had, it was, it was at least 15 women and they had been completely separated from their children. I don't know to this day, Anna, what happened to those kids. I don't know if, you know, at that point it's, it's out of my uh, pay series and I got to hand it over to a supervisor and then the consulates get involved. But, you know, I, I would seriously doubt that those children were ever found or apprehended. Uh, you never know what happened to those kids. The drug smugglers don't care about that. And it's just chilling, especially now when you were still seeing the unaccompanied children. Uh, you know, these, these drug smugglers, they just don't care. Uh, they don't care about the human life. All they care about is their paycheck. And, you know, when you mention it's not just Hispanics, we're responsible. This last fiscal year, the Border Patrol has arrested individuals from over 150 different countries. Wow. What That's countries are on that list? Just everyone at China, Japan, Brazil, Ecuador, Africa, you know, Africa all over Europe. It's just people from everywhere that are trying to cross. And that's why I stress on the gotaway numbers, because, yes, we're apprehending people. And, and you know, some of the people on the left like to say, well, we're, they're apprehending him. That's a good thing. But yeah, you're apprehending them, but you're releasing them. That's a catch and not, release program. Yeah. yeah, it's not a good thing. But what's scarier is the over quarter of a million people that have entered and have gotten away. And those numbers are basically, uh, you know, guesstimates and they base it on footprints or different sensor hits that they may have had. So they don't know what the actual number of gotaways are. But right now it's estimated for the year over a quarter of a million have gotten away. Who are they? Who knows? What country are they from? You never know. Uh, could they be, you know, People domestic, that yeah, to the terrorists, terrorists or whatever they yeah. could. So, and that's what's uh, ridiculous right now that's going on. And if you take it a step further of how ridiculous this or this administration is being, you have Mexican nationals that live and reside on the border on the Mexican side, right? They have gone through all the legal aspects to cross into the United States, they have their border crossing cards, their passports, they come into the US. They do purchases in America. Like grocery shop. They go to Walmart a yeah. lot, I know, and then go back home. Yeah. They boost the economy and then they go back home. 
yet the ports of entries are closed for these people because of COVID, all the while illegals that are entering from other countries other than Mexico are being released in the United States without any type of COVID check whatsoever. Real quick, do you have the numbers? Because I think I saw actually a posting from a Fox News outlet that said recently that there were 7,000 COVID positive migrants since February that were released into McAllen, Texas. So I I don't know the numbers specifically, but the problems that we have had uh, continuously is that agents will apprehend a group and then they'll bring them to the detention facility. They intermingle with the agents and then they they get released to ICE. ICE puts them in a different detention facility. It could be Catholic services or some other service that's taking care of these individuals. And then four or five days later, a Border Patrol agent that was involved in the arrest will get a message saying, hey, such and such individual that you arrested a couple of days ago had COVID. So now you have to be careful. So now that agent has to backtrack and find out, well, who the heck was I talking to? You know, did I go home to grab? It could be hundreds of people. Yeah. They're making a big deal out of COVID. And I'm not saying COVID doesn't exist. I know it's true. I know people have lost their lives. I know that. But should America be locking down its economy if the borders are open and they don't make a big deal out of it? Well, the borders aren't open and they are affecting our economy. However, they're not open if you're illegal. So what are we (laughs) doing in America is we're we're rewarding the criminal element while all the while we're destroying people's lives and livelihood that are going through the proper steps legally. And it's just, it's, it's, hip- it's hypocrisy. And I think that it's so powerful, especially now because the media does divide. They say, okay, if you are white, you, you cannot talk on this topic because that automatically makes you racist. So then it's people like you that come forward or people like me that come forward and say the same thing. And they say, oh, but because you're lighter skinned, you can't talk on this topic. Right. When in actuality, that's the most prejudiced, stereotypical thing that I've ever heard, because then they're saying that if you are Hispanic, then you're only apparently Mexican. And then if you're Mexican, then you only apparently look like Speedy Gonzalez. And that's not the truth, like at all. (laughs) It is funny because I did an interview here. I did a press conference out here in Arizona with the governor. And I spoke in Spanish because I wanted the the Latino community to understand. I do that sometimes. I'll speak in Spanish. I love it when When I was with with President Trump. I spoke in Spanish in Yuma. And the reason I do it is because I'm tired of the, the Spanish media lying to Mexican people and Hispanic people and Latinos thinking you're too stupid to do the research. That's what they're saying. Let's be honest. They're telling you hundred percent to do the research. Just listen to me. So I'll speak in Spanish. Uh, I was at one event uh, press conference in Arizona and I spoke in Spanish and the reporter said, what gives you the right to speak in Spanish on behalf of the Mexican or Hispanic? <laughs> and I'm looking at it and I'm going del cuento. And he's like, but what gives you that right? Who do you think you are? I said, what do you mean? I'm an, said, American. Well, I'm an African-American, <laughs> so I can't speak for African-Americans. And I said, well, I'm Hispanic. And then he said, well, what are you? And I said, well, I'm a human being, first and foremost. I'm an American <laughs> citizen of Mexican descent. And he says, oh, okay, never mind. So I came up to him afterwards and I said, well, you know, what were you expecting? And he says, I didn't know you were Mexican or had Mexican blood in you. He goes, I thought you were Italian and I didn't understand. And I said, so what, why? And he flat out told me, you're light-skinned and you're green-eyed. So." I guess the next press conference I do, I'm going to have to wear a sarape, chili pepper, <laughs> with some maracas. And a sombrero. It's hypocritical. And I've seen it too. I mean, I had a reporter come up to me once and say, well, how are like, how are you Hispanic if you're white? 
And I was like, right. well, first of all, I'm not just white. Like <laughs> I'm like, in fact, I think I'm like darker than you are. Like I have brown hair, I have brown eyes. So like for me, I was thinking, I was like, wow, they actually are trying to stereotype and then like come up with these ideas that you can't talk on something if you don't fit their stereotype, which is completely wrong and not what the foundation of this country was on. So, I mean, to give the listeners kind of some feedback, what is a solution to what's happening? Because in my opinion, if they wanted to fix this problem, they would shut down the borders. They would put but a pause it's, on it. It's an easy fix. It's a very, I mean, and honestly, and, and I almost feel dumb saying it because the fix is that easy. You just got to send more immigration judges to the border so they can fast track the cases, send more asylum officers so they can look out for the false asylum claims. And the number one thing that, that works and it worked under the last administration is the remain in Mexico policy. When That's you have a remain policy. Yes. When you have a remain in Mexico policy, what that means is any type of claim that you have, you have to wait in another country or your own country before that case gets heard. Uh, and, and that was helpful because it takes away the incentive for the false claims to come across. Right now, what they're doing is everyone's claiming asylum on it. Anyone, anyone that comes up, it's asylum. Asylum right so, away. Yeah. So you have to file the case and then they get to remain in the United States. Until their case is, is which is, is essentially is, a reward for them coming here. Which is. A lot of time they're coming here legally because you have people that are in Cuba that can't come right. here because they're turning them back around. They're saying, "No, right. we don't want you here." Well, I'll tell you what's more ridiculous because you'll hear arguments from the left saying, "Well, these individuals they do show up for their court case." Well, yes and no, right? So their initial court case they have to show up because we're the ones taking them to their court case, right? They're still in detention, so they have no choice but to show up. But then when they get released, some of them do show back up to their court date. But when they do and the judge tells them, your case is not a good asylum case, I'm going to deport you back to your country. He tells them, however, since I know you've been living in the United States for quite some time, I'm going to give you a couple of weeks to go home and get your affairs in order. Please come back in two weeks so I can deport you. So Yeah, yeah. please come back so I can send you back home. They're not going to come back. They don't show up. So 1% shows up is what we're seeing. 1%. And then the other side of that is out of all the asylum cases, 4% is an actual asylum claim. That's that's, that's insane. Of all of these people coming here, 4% 4 of 7 million. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's that's just crazy to me. And we have our borders open. We have our, well, we have our, our borders open for illegal traffic. They're getting released, so you're rewarding the criminal. All the while, the legal ports of entries that have individuals that come into America legally and boost our economy, they're not allowed to come in, and it's because of COVID. So I, I don't. It's it's insane when you start looking at it. You start wondering, you know, who where do where who do I work for? You know, Looney Tunes. <laughs> well, honestly, I'm just I'm glad that there are people like you out there every single day working on the border. I'm so sick and tired of people, especially politicians or people that want to be politicians using the border for photo optics, because there's so much more than just, oh yeah, we need border security. They need to know that there's literally human rights abuses occurring at the border that is literally impacting black, white, Hispanic Americans across the board, that it's not good, that it's dangerous. And people that don't know that if you're trying to run for office, you don't know that you're an idiot. Like I, that's what, that's a firm belief of mine. Um, I know real quick, and I don't want to keep you too much longer because I know you have a Fox hit after this, but where can people go? I know that you have a podcast. What is the name of your podcast? 
No, I do have a podcast. It's called The Green Line, uh, and it's available through iHeartRadio and through Spotify. And as well as, you, you know, you follow me on my own Instagram at the official Art del Cueto, and I put a bunch of crazy stuff on there so people can see the truth. <laughs> uh, but it's, I mean, you know what, Anna, I, I do, before I go, I do want to thank you because, you know, there's a lot of people that will talk about it and they're quick for the photo ops and they do their little organizations to try to push a message across. Ever since I first met you, you've been a thousand percent honest with me and you've always wanted to push the right story. Your heart is gold and you've always had your heart in the right place trying to get the message across, not for personal gain. You've been doing it because you actually care and, and your listeners need to know that. And any other person that needs to hear it needs to hear it. Like Ana Paulina is a true patriot. She's a true fighter and she does it because she actually believes that it's not a gimmick for you. And, and, I, and I'm so grateful to have individuals like you around to help us spread the message. Well, thank you. I did not pay him to say that, guys. That was his honest opinion. That was all me. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. And you obviously, I'd love to have you back here in a few months. I know that it is good to get share this information. I just posted a video on what's happening in McAllen right now. And they had, I think it was a caravan of about a thousand people that showed up. So McAllen was sitting, as, as last I checked a couple of days ago, they were sitting, sitting on 10,000 individuals that were there. 8,000 of them have not been processed yet. Oh my and gosh. Because of the sanctions and because there's there's so much work to do, what they're actually thinking about doing is farming out some of the individuals that are detained there to other states so they can get released. And I'm going to tell you how ridiculous that is. So they'll, they'll arrest people and because they're so packed, what they're doing is they, they give them to these other entities, they hand them you know, a bus ticket or a plane ticket of where there is, where it is they're going to fly to inside America. They give them a duffel bag with all new clothes, right? To help them out. That's all coming out of taxpayer money. I want you to know that. And then they, they're put in some of these housing facilities. You're familiar with Arizona. So you know where Scottsdale is, yeah. which is, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's a bougie area in Scottsdale. Yes. Yes. And there's hotels there that are being run that are assisting these people. And oh I just gosh. found out, breaking news that I haven't told anyone, our former chiefs of the Border Patrol are the ones running these hotels. Are you kidding me? So they're getting the money from the housing, from the government to put illegals yeah. there. That's, hey, and I'm living, that's amazing. That's amazingly corrupt. <laughs> that is so sick. Uh, honestly, too, because it's like you have these communities that people have worked really hard to, I mean, have their nice houses, all of that. And then you have this happening. It's like the fact that people don't realize how much corruption really does exist. That's why I tell people, you know, stop complaining about it. Don't just complain on the internet and say, oh, you know, boohoo, this is happening. Get active, get out there, get in the community because who else is going to do it for you? You know, there's only so many arts in the world. There's only, only so many Ana Polinas in the world, but like you right. have to get involved. So people uh, ask me, how do we do it? What do we, I, you know what I always say? And I, and I know it's, it may be smaller scale, but I always tell people run for school board. Yeah. Because that's how they're that's how they're going to kill us. That's how they're going to destroy this country. They're going to indoctrinate our children. You have kids that are coming into the United States that have no ties to America. They don't care about America. They're going to go through our school systems. And that's how they're going to ruin our country. Run for school board. Please be involved in what is being taught to your children. That is how we need to get active. Well, I appreciate you so much for coming on and I will be posting this out there because I think people need to know your message. Um, obviously, everyone follow Art Del Cueto. He is the president of the Border Patrol Union. Yes. 
Vice president. Vice president, soon to be president. You're on your way up there. I know you are. <laughs> Thank you so no. much for joining us today on Luna Talks, and we'll have you back on soon. Thank you. Before we go, I want to thank Art Del Cueto again for the great interview. And I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Parlor, Getter, Facebook, and Instagram at Real Anna Paulina. And a special thank you to producer Drew Steele, writer Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.